We'll be in John tonight. John chapter 6. I would encourage you this week, if you get a chance, to go back and kind of read all of this whole chapter because uh, there's some good stuff here. This chapter starts off with Jesus, uh, Jesus feeding uh, the 5,000 people and kind of it's kind of a long chapter and a lot goes on uh, in John chapter 6. But there's just a couple of verses right here at the end that as I was, as I was reading through this last night, it just, kind of, it just kind of caught my attention. And I don't know what it was about these words, but it really kind of helped me to, to kind of stop for a minute and focus on and really understand what was being said here by Peter. Uh, John chapter 6 verse 67 and 68 and we're just going to kind of really take those a couple of uh, questions right there in the in the in the middle of those two verses, and what we're going to uh, focus on tonight. Verse sixty-seven. Therefore, Jesus said to the twelve, "You don't want to go away too, do you?" Simon Peter answered, "Lord, who will we go to? You have the words of eternal life." Let's pray. Father God, I come to you tonight and I thank you for these few words and these simple words, but God, there is so much truth in these words. And God, help us not to forget, help us not to miss that there is no one else that we can go to, God. Help us to realize that, that there is nothing we can turn to, no one we can turn to. And God, help us just to soak up the, the power that's in this word today and the power that Jesus Christ has, dear Lord. And if we, if we don't know that, if there are some here that don't know that tonight, God, help them to get it. If there are some here tonight that maybe have just forgot it, God, help them to remember that there is no one else we can turn to. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. And Jesus asked the question, you don't want to go away too, do you? Now the reason why Jesus was asking his disciples this question is because he had fed all these people. There were large crowds that had come, that had begun to follow him, and they had seen the miracle that was done when he fed the people. And then uh, all these people began to follow Jesus and he began to preach to them and he began to teach to them the truth. He began to, 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 to let known to them that his relationship with the Father was something different. And they began to bring up Moses. They began to bring up the time in the, uh, in the wilderness and God feeding them manna. And Jesus Christ was, was, was in a sense kind of shattering everything that they had uh, put their faith and trust in. Uh, because their, their faith and trust was a little misplaced. They kind of misunderstood what God's Word that we call the Old Testament was talking about and what it was pointing them toward. And when Jesus came in, the people were amazed at what He could do. They were amazed that He could take five loaves and two fish and that He could feed 5,000 men and who knows how many other women and children may have been there. And so naturally, when people see this wonderful miracle take place, they begin to follow Him. But what happens in this, after Jesus begins to talk to them and He begins to teach them and preach to them about the Heavenly Father, about His relationship with the Heavenly Father, uh, pointing, uh, taking the, 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 the focus and shifting it from uh, the manna that God provided in the wilderness and shifting it from Moses to Himself, saying that He was going to be the bread, that He was going to be the blood. And He begins to talk about uh, them eating His flesh and drinking His blood. And there was some misunderstanding there. There was some misinterpretation of what Jesus was talking about. And he clarifies that to his disciples, that he was speaking in spiritual terms. But as the people began to hear what Jesus was teaching, they began to take a step back. 
You see, they wanted to follow Jesus for what he could offer them. They wanted to see the miracles. They wanted to be healed. They wanted to have the feast prepared for them. But they did not want to fully humble themselves before Jesus. They did not fully want to give up the old way and turn to the new, better way that God had provided in Jesus Christ. And Jesus began to preach these things and they were tough for him. And the people began to walk away because Jesus didn't fit the mold. That's what I thought about when I put this picture of Mr. Potato Head up there. It's because sometimes that's what we want Jesus to be. That's what the people of, of this day wanted Jesus to be. And sometimes we too, we do too. We want to we wanna kind of imagine Jesus and we want to kind of take the pieces and the parts and the scriptures and the things that Jesus said and we kind of want to make Jesus what we want him to be like. And the people had an idea. They had kind of envisioned what they wanted the Messiah to be like, what he was going to look like, how he was going to act, what he was going to do, all these things. And when Jesus came and began to pour out the gospel to them and began to tell them about the Father's love and what the Father's plan was, it didn't fit their mold. The pieces didn't fit right. And they didn't like the Jesus that, that God had sent to them. It didn't match up what they were wanting. And maybe sometimes we're the same way. Maybe sometimes we try to uh, take pieces of Scripture and pieces about what Jesus is and try to make Jesus into what we want him to be, but we can't make Jesus what we want him to be. We have to look at Jesus at what Scripture says he is and who Scripture says he is. And so the problem was these people began to hear these hard teachings of Jesus and they began to fall away. They had followed him for a little while. They had saw the miracle. They had saw the good work that was done. But they said, these teachings are hard. These teachings are teachings that we don't want to accept. We don't want to trust what you're saying. And the people begin to leave. The people begin to fall away. And at the end of John chapter 6, Jesus asked his disciples, you don't want to go away too, do you? That's a, that's a decision that each one of us has to make when we are exposed to Jesus, when we see Jesus in God's Word, when we come to a church service and we experience Jesus and we are taught about Jesus and we know what the truth is that Jesus speaks, we have the same opportunity that the people here in this text did. And that is, are we going to humble ourselves and accept what Jesus Christ taught? Are we going to accept that He is the way? Are we going to accept that He is the one and only Son of God? Are we going to accept that it's only through His blood and through His flesh that we can be forgiven? Are we going to be obedient to Him even though it's hard, very hard at times? Or are we going to be those that say, I, I kind of like what you have to offer, Jesus. I know you're a miracle worker, but could you just give us all the good stuff and not make us do any of the hard stuff? And we have to answer the question, are we going to fall away from Jesus Christ or are we going to stand by Jesus Christ? And Jesus asked the disciples, and Peter, oh Peter, he's always quick to speak up. In verse 68, Simon Peter answered, Lord, who will we go to? Simon Peter knew that there was nobody else that they could go to. He said, Lord, who else would we go to? Who else can save our soul? Who else is the Son of God? Who else is going to fulfill the prophecy? Who else can work the miracles and, and raise the dead and heal the sick? Lord Jesus, who else would we turn to? It's a rhetorical question, and the answer to that is no one. Peter said, God, uh, Lord Jesus, who else will we turn to? No one else has eternal life. And when I read those words last night, I just kind of had to stop. That's what I do a lot. I don't read a lot of texts. Like, I'll read a verse. I can't make it very far. And I'll read something like that, and I'm like, a, if you ever saw me reading, you'd think I was crazy because I'll just sit there kind of staring off into space. 
And boy, when I read those words, I was thinking, boy, that is powerful stuff. And we need to make sure that we don't forget that, that we get that, that we understand that, that we realize that. That when we may be tempted to put our faith and trust in other people or other things, that we realize that there is no eternal life that anyone else is going to give us, that there is no eternal satisfaction that anyone is going to give us. Who else can we go to other than Jesus Christ? No one. No one. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for these good words tonight, and I pray that you help us to get it. And I pray that if there are some in here, and maybe we've been going to someone else, we've been trusting in someone else, we've been trusting in something else, God, that we would take these words tonight and that we would answer your question. God, if your spirit is putting that question on our heart tonight, who are we going to turn to? Dear Lord Jesus, let that answer be you and you alone, God. Help us not to, not to ever forget the price that you pay, and it is through you that we have eternal life, God. God, help us to realize that there is no one else that we can turn to and help us to turn to you and to trust in you and to have faith in you, dear Lord, and be bold for you just like Peter was. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.